Hello and welcome to the 479 Podcast with me, Phil Blackburn, and my good friend Jay Richardson. On the 479 Podcast, we will explore issues and talk with people relevant to life here in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Join us. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the 479 Podcast. Here with Jay. Hi Jay. Hi Phil. Hi Phil. How are you, man? Uh, wet. But, yes. You know, we had a little rain today, mm-hmm. yesterday and the day before. But uh, I'm do good, Do you like man. rain, Jay? I, I do. I enjoy it. I'm tired of it now. Mm-hmm. My grass was happy with it. But uh, thanks for pulling me into the conversation, Phil. I really feel involved now. I, I'm happy to do that, Jay. Uh, as the co-host of the podcast, I feel like it's I don't important. think any of our four listeners know we co-host. I think they know it's yours. I'm just participating. Well, that hurts me. <laughs> it makes me... When you say that, it makes me feel sad. Okay. Well, turn that frown into a smile. All right, I'm going to try to do that. We have some help to turn our we frowns do. upside down today. Have our special guest out loud. He's going to talk to us, Ram Cunningham. Yes, sir. How's it going, fellas? Good to see you. Hey, Thanks for coming in, yeah, Absolutely. Glad to be here. Anytime I can get behind a microphone, sign me up. Are you comfortable behind a microphone, I, I am. I think I was born with a mic in my hand. Uh-huh. I, I think so. I, I've been behind a few in my day, so I, I yep. enjoy it. So. Yep. You probably like started talking into the ultrasound. <laughs> like, is this not a microphone, technically? Right, yeah, it is. Yeah, it it really basically? Is. And then when I got, got to school, I used the erasers. Uh-huh. The erasers really project. Oh, those do project. Oh, yeah, they project. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I used to like to pretend that the big, fat Crayola markers were a microphone. <laughs> that was my preferred mic. What was your preferred mic, Jay? I've never had one. Well, you're not the best co-host in Fort Smith well, or nothing. There you go. <laughs> I, I, can, I can provide you some really strong color commentary. It's as great. we're doing now. It's really good. So, Ram, I want to jump right into it. i got sure. a question for you. Absolutely. So, I, if I understand it correctly, you grew up in Mina. Tell me about growing up in Mina. Cause, because my perception of what Mina is when I grew up mm-hmm. and yours may be different. So I'm curious to hear. Uh, you know, Mina, it's a small town. It's a, uh, you know, Fort Smith was the big city. Okay. So anytime we came to Fort Smith, it was the big city. Um, a very, uh, you know, it's not as small town mentality as I think it gets, you know, it gets the rap yeah. for sometimes. Uh, I will say that uh, growing up, there wasn't, you know, going through my entire school year, there wasn't one single African-American student. Okay. And that's just kind of the landscape. Yeah. That's kind of how it yeah. was. Um, we weren't very good at football. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but, you know, we, uh, it, it was very, uh, very uh, traditional, very conservative. My parents were very conservative. So, you know, it, it wasn't quite Mayberry. You know, it wasn't Mayberry, but it, but it wasn't... Uh, uh, you know, it, it certainly wasn't Fort Smith. Fort Smith okay. was a different kind of a different vibe, but it was you know country. You I know, I'm, I'm a country boy, okay. and uh, so you know, fish hunt, do absolutely all do all. In fact, uh, Sophie and I just went down there this past weekend, and we uh, we went to the creek and jumped off rock bluffs and fished, and uh, you know, barbecued in the back. You know, so it's it's okay. very country, and I, and I love that my parents are still there. Uh, we own a lot of land, so I go hunting every year. Okay. So hunting. See, hunting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I messed hunting. that all up. I said hunting. <laughs> hunting? What? Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to talk like that. There is no G. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's right. yeah. I, I, I forgot about it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of where I go. It's my, you know, when I say stomping grounds, I truly did. I was, a, I, you know, I was a Boy Scout, Eagle Scout. You know, I, I explored the woods, rode ATVs and hiked and everything else my whole life. So I... I miss that. That's my. It's another place where I learned hard work. My dad was uh, uh, someone that, 
you know, if there was nothing to do, he would ask me to move the rocks from the front yard into the backyard and then back from the back to the front just to really? do, just to work, you know. So <laughs> so I can split firewood, I can stack brush, cut down oh. trees. So it's kind of where I, I learned my hard work. That's cool. That was such like a politician moment. You know, on the stump, they're always like, and my father taught me the benefits of hard work. <laughs> yes. And I have brought that ethic to the state house. <laughs> I've, I've got that down. That's so. right. Jay, have you ever used that nope. on the stump? Never. Not at all, but... I'm glad you realized that that yeah. is a common... It's a common theme. It is. I pay attention. So, Ram, you uh, are very visible in mm-hmm. Fort Smith, but for a while this summer, you were invisible. Yes, Ram, where were you? Where was Where Ram? was I? Well, I, you know, I, first I told people I was just taking a, a little uh, a hiatus from, from life, and then I don't know how many people I've had ask me, did you have the Did you have the Rona? <laughs> did, did you have the COVID? You were quarantined. I'm like, first off, no, I did not. Uh, but in a way, yes, I, I guess I was somewhat quarantining. Uh, but I decided to take uh, a little bit of time uh, to myself and reflect and uh, do something that, that that's needed to be done for a long time. You know, the timing of this. First off, I'm unemployed, uh, so don't have to worry about the job part. Um, pretty much staying at home all the time, helping watch Sophie between me and my ex-wife. Uh, not a lot going on in terms of things to do in Fort Smith, which is kind of what I promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of the stars sort of aligned for uh, for it being okay for Ram to sort of disappear for, for a little while. And uh, so that's what I did. Um, uh, on my own accord, not through a court order, not through a, uh, a wife that was so angry with me that she gave me the boot. Um, it was just on my own. I decided to uh, to check myself in to, uh, to a rehab facility. Uh, right here in in Fort Smith, um, you know. Before, you know, anyone asks what it was, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just like to drink, and that's kind of where it all started. I've I've been in the in the public eye for 25 years in Fort Smith, and as a result of my uh, my environment and my surrounding, I think I just kind of let uh, let the bottle get a little bit get, get the best of me. And it took a lot for me to to realize that I, I've probably had you know a problem earlier in life but it took it took you know as long as it took for me to, to kind of step up and say hey this is this is not this is not how you're supposed to do this this is not a social drinker anymore you know because it always starts that way um, but I uh, you know certainly not working being at home a lot not having much to do um, it uh, it increased the level of, uh, of my consumption to, to a point of uh, I didn't hurt anybody I didn't get pulled over I didn't get a DWI but I could see the path I could certainly see the path I was on, and and it was starting to affect not only my personal relationships but, but work relationships, friendships, and things like that. And I'm just blessed to to be able to say that 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 God gave me kind of a vision to like, hey, I've got other plans for you. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put in let's put let's nip this in the bud right now. We got work to do, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the mentality I took going into this, uh, going into the program. So, and I I don't regret a second of it. Yeah. Um. So you talked about this was your own choice because I know we've talked about it. You know, Lindsay never gave you an ultimatum. Right. There was no court order. So can you talk a little bit about how hard it was internally to move from the place of your drinking to the place of I'm walking into rehab right now? What was that? How did you manage to do that basically of your own accord? I, you know, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life, but I had um, in the front of my mind my wonderful wife and my beautiful daughter. If 
five-year-old daughter. And they say you go to rehab, you do it for yourself. And, and, I, and I get that. But there's other people at stake here. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to be selfish and you're supposed to be focused only on you, on, you know, only on you. I kind of looked at that as I've been focusing on me for the last 25 years, you know. It's like I think it's okay for me to, like, step back and see who I'm affecting. So going in that very first day, I was terrified. I've never been terrified of anything else more than my life. It was, it was, I never hesitated to go in, but uh, I think I checked in at like eight o'clock in the morning on, on a, some Thursday. And uh, it took a second to walk up those steps. Um, just because I, I thought that I knew, you know, the, the 28 days, I thought, oh man, it's just 28 days. 28 days is a lifetime, certainly for someone that's never been in that kind of a situation, never been to prison or jail or anything. So I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I've been to church camp for a week or Which a week can or be two. Like prison. You know, it could be, but I would rather go back to the church camp. Let me just <laughs> let me just say that. Uh, but I, I will say, uh, a couple days ago, I was talking to my wife about it, and I, I told her I said two days felt like two months, and it, you know, it really did. Like two, you would think two days would just fly by, but it didn't. Uh, and it never got quicker as it went on because every day I would go, man, I've only been in here for three days. Oh, I've only been in here for five days. Um, so it was, uh, for someone that's as active as me, um, always with my phone in my hand, always with an iPad right here with my earbuds in, for, sitting in front of my laptop or the TV, or going from here to there to here to there constantly, it was a lockdown, shut in, give me your phone, you're here between these walls for the next, for the next month. And uh, that was harder than I ever expected. Mm -hmm. To be away from my phone, heaven forbid, getting away from our phones for 30 days. Uh, I was on it every now and then, but for the most part, I didn't have it. And that is a, a, a shocker to your, to your psyche to know how addicted we really are to that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would reach around in my back pocket, right where I keep it right here. Yeah. I would just do that constantly for like the first week looking for my phone. <laughs> And I'm like, that's pathetic, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I'm more than I'm, I'm addicted more than, more than just alcohol. Maybe I need to go to, you know, iPhone rehab. So, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a difficult first step. And I'll, I'll be honest, I almost I almost walked out a couple of times. And the counselors there were incredible. Uh, the times that I was about to walk out, and this was like the first four or five days. I mean, it was just like I was in culture shock. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I would call Lindsay, I would call my wife and she, she'd talk me off. She'd talk me off the ledge and I would turn her, okay, you know, so I would, you know, I would stay there and... Uh, speaking of your phone. Yeah, speaking of, aren't you supposed to put these on silent before you come on? No, oh, there we go. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, an eye-opening experience for me. I, it, the guys that were in there, um, thought it was just, you know, it was paradise because of where they have come from. A lot of them homeless, a lot of them coming from prison, um... It was not paradise to me <laughs> at all. It was it was it was something that I, I had I didn't know what I was walking into. I really didn't. It was almost like I called it uh, at one point the frat house from hell because <laughs> <laughs> wow. it's forty guys, yeah, forty guys all on top of each other amongst the the the, the sickness as Sophie calls it. You know, um, COVID, all masks. Of course, we all had to wear masks, and we were good about that. But uh, it was uh, it was a shocking a shocking experience. So. You said you almost left a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Was it something that happened, like some, some in a conversation or a breakthrough, or was it just like I'm just tired of this crap and ready to go? Well, I don't want to say it that way because it was probably only the second or third day, okay. <laughs> so I hadn't even given it a shot. No, um, you know, in, in trying to meet up with the guys and talk to some of the guys that are in there, 
you know, we'd sit around the chow hall, listen to me sound at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but no, we'd be sitting around, you know, eating lunch, and they'd be kind of telling their, their war story, so to speak, of, you know, how many times they've been to rehab or how many times they've been to prison. And then kind of got to me, and I was like, uh, I got detention my senior year for yeah. being late to class. I mean, you know, the, yeah. you've never been to prison. You know? and so they almost kind of gave me the feeling of I didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I hadn't done heroin, I hadn't done meth, I hadn't, I wasn't addicted to pills, I wasn't, you know, it was just, yeah. they're like, you just drink, that's it? And it, it bothered me, you know, almost like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. But then I just, I realized, I said, you know, addiction is addiction. Yeah. You know, it's, it's addiction is addiction, and that's why I'm here. I'm not here because of this specific addiction, I'm, I'm here because I'm addicted to this, you know, and, and maybe it's not this, this, or this, but does it, there's not anything worse than that. Is that other. like it's the junior varsity Right. I mean, it's, yeah. It's a it, real problem. Right. And if if I took the you know, the initiative to do what I'm doing, I wanted to know that I was in the right place, and that's the reason you know yeah. I wanted to walk out because I didn't feel like I was in the right place. But the counselors they rallied, you know they they told me that hey, one of the counselors told me about the fourth day and he goes stay in your lane. That was the best piece of advice I've ever received throughout the whole thing was stay in your lane because you know I always like to get involved in all kinds of things. And some of the guys thought I was a counselor there. I don't know if it was just my the, the way I talked or the voice or whatever, but they would come to me and ask. I'm like, I don't know that you should be talking to me right now. But, <laughs> but they did, you know. Yeah. But then I kind of found that very therapeutic, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, was, I was able to, like, give them some advice and, and things like that. But uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was interesting, to, to say wow. the least. Wow. That's, wow. I, that's in, that's, uh, I guess that's a life-changing experience. No right? question. Yeah. There, you know... I, some of the guys that I, that I met in there, you know, at first it was like, I'm, I'm glad I met them because there's no way I would ever find myself in that position. Yeah. I would think that one day in their life they might, they may have said the same thing. And so I was not judgmental at all. And, you know, you hear stories about when they got out and there's some of them that, that the second they got out, they went right back. Mm-hmm. They get that. Some of them just kind of get caught up in the system where they go in, they get out, they mess up again, they go back in after 30 days. You know, it's just kind of a, you know, a never-ending cycle. One guy uh, I met was 41 years old, and he'd been in prison for 18 years wow. of his life. And, I mean, and I'd, I only met him, like, the last two days I was there. I really wanted to get to know him. I mean, he just, his lifestyle was just very prison, you know, or, you know, everything was on schedule. Uh, and it was funny, every time we ate, I would be the last person in the chow hall eating because everybody else was used to eating in prison, and they'd eat in five minutes, and I'm just sitting there enjoying my meal, and I'd turn around, there'd be no one there. <laughs> I'd be eating by myself, you know, because everything was, yeah. you know, fast, 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 and uh, so that was that was interesting, so. Wow. So you've been out a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, what, it, think about what you would be comfortable saying to this question, but what, what are a thing or two that you feel like you've learned about yourself? It can be related to alcohol or not, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, certainly this has been a period of introspection mm-hmm. from the time that you started thinking about going into to today. So what do you feel like you've learned about Ram? I think, uh, you know, we're a little over a week out now. Uh, one of the things that I've really put a lot of thought into is I would think back to the last, certainly the past probably year. I think that's when it got really the worst. Um, and I would think of situations where I really felt like that I did a stellar job or I, I did the best that I could do. But then I would look back and I would know what my state was. And it doesn't mean I was falling down, stumbling drunk, you know. But I would know my, my, my mental state. I know I would be a little bit cloudy and how much better I could have been. 
So this past week and a half, I've done a lot of reflection on on doing things with a clear mind. Like, a, you know, I'm, I'm regularly going to AA meetings, and they and they have them at 6.30 in the morning every day. And I'm a morning person, so I love getting up, you know. So I go to my 6.30 meeting. That's how I start my day. I come home. I listen to NPR. I read the newspaper. You know, I drink my coffee or tea. I'm, I'm very scheduled, but everything, I, I, I start and stop it with a clear mind and, and knowing that, you know, that's going to make me a better me. And, you know, I know I know what my talents are. I know what my strengths are. I know, you know, why people like to call me and, and have me, you know, help with their events and things like that. Because I, I do know that I'm good at what I do, but I know that I can be, I'm so much better than what I was. You know, I mean, what I was able to, to get out there, yeah, maybe I pulled it off. Maybe, I guess. They keep calling me. People keep calling me to do things, so I, that's how I judge how I'm okay. You know, oh, I'm not, I'm not drinking too much. They're still calling me, asking me to do this, and still asking me to do that. They still trust me. They still, you know, I've not gotten in trouble. Knock on wood. Um, so that's kind of how I rated my uh, my performance. And one day, I just had to just tell myself, no, you're better than this. You know, you you're a better person than this. And uh, and and alcohol is 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 slowing you down. You know, it's uh, it's giving you that excuse to not have to do as much. You still have to do A, B, and C, but mm, ish. As long as you pull it off, you're okay. And that's not me. I mean, that's not what my dad taught yeah. me as, as a child growing up. You don't just, I don't want to say that word, but half. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not me. And that's what happened to me in the last year or more that I just kind of blazed my way through it. And it just, it just eats on you. <laughs> it really does eat on you. And then, of course, having a five-year-old, you know, when she was one, two, three, four, you know, one, two, and three anyway, she's not going to pick up or remember things. Well, she's a sponge, and she's picking up on everything, everything. And uh, if there was ever a time that I needed to do this, it's, it's now. Mm -hmm. You know, she's five and speaking in complete sentences and telling me what's up sometimes, <laughs> some days. So you know, this this it was time. You know, she loves her daddy, and we have a special bond. And and uh, she's she's a, she's my life. And you know. If I do something to mess that up, I don't think I could. I couldn't handle. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't live with myself after that. So, yeah. what guidance would you give to somebody that maybe was in your situation and is having a tough time getting over that mental hump to to make the decision to get help? I think there's probably a lot more people out there than than any any of us realize that may be right there at that at that bubble of uh, is this too much? Is it not enough? Uh, there's always a, uh, oh, I'm just a social drinker, you know, oh, I only drink on the weekends or only on drink on special mm -hmm. occasions. I was there. I, I remember that. And I think that there is people out there that can absolutely do that. They can have an alcoholic beverage on a weekend or they can they can go to a Christmas party. They can go, you know, there's people out there like that. I happen to not be. Um, it took me 25 years to admit that I was not that. Uh, but I think if you're out there and you even think that you might have a problem, then I would my advice would be to first off, you're not alone. There are so many out there like that. And what's so wonderful about living in this community and, and other reasons why I love Fort Smith Out Loud is there's help available. Mm -hmm. There is help available at, at any level you want. I'm not suggesting that you just lock down and, and go away for for 30 days. I mean, a lot of people couldn't do that. I mean, if it wasn't for my wife, you know, I wouldn't have been able to just leave life. I left life for 30 days. Still had bills, still had responsibilities, still had all these things. I mean, it was stressful. Um, so I'm not suggesting that you do that. But there is help through counseling, through meetings, through 
a friend, a sponsor. Um, you know, if you want to take it to the next step and go go somewhere, there's that availability here too. And it's all right here in our hometown. And I would imagine, certainly during this time, that this problem may be elevated a bit. I think mental health is, is certainly taking its toll right now during everyone being at home and going crazy because mm-hmm. they're just home all the time and seeing their, their husband or wife every day. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's got to be tough. So, but there is help out there. And don't be afraid to, to admit it. You know, the, the first step in, uh, in AA, on the 12-step program, I was hesitant about doing that at first, but it's really, it really is a good concept of how, how to do it. But the first step is admitting that you're powerless over your addiction. And I, I thought, okay, well, I just checked myself into rehab. I got number one licked. <laughs> On we go to number two. And it's not that easy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that easy. So I figure I'll be on number one for, for a long time. But there's no time limit. You know, you, you move on to the next one whenever you're ready. Um, but, but there's help out there. And if you, if you even start to think that maybe that you want to get a handle on it, there's, there's resources out there. For the most part, and especially right now, at no cost. A lot of counseling things right now, if you do it over Zoom or Skype, it doesn't cost any money. Yeah, I think that's, that's big, right? Because yeah. a lot of people don't go because they're like, I can't afford to get mm-hmm. this, and I need to try to figure it out myself. So mm-hmm. that's cool that that's available. I didn't yep. realize that. Yeah, my counselor, if you do, if you go in person, you have to you know, go and wear a mask and all that. It costs money. But if you sign up for Zoom or do it like tonight, we have couples counseling, and it's on online. And it's no charge. So I don't know how that works, but it's yeah, nice. That's good. <laughs> it's nice to have. That's, that's so. good. That's real good. What else, Phil? You're shouting out questions, man. <laughs> you took all the ones I was going to ask. <laughs> At least that's what I'm going to say. You know? Right. I think so. the hard part right now for me is uh, knowing that uh, all the things that, I, that I've done my whole life since I've been in Fort Smith, uh, and a, a lot of that um, revolved around being in situations where where alcohol is, is readily available. I mean, you know, any nonprofit event, most of the time are, are, are going to serve alcohol and things like that. And I'm, I was real self-conscious about being the guy that, oh, Ram's coming over today, put up the beer. You know, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. You know, it's like, it's up to me. It's not up to you to hide things from me because I just can't control myself. I've got to man up and just be like, hey, no, I'll take a, I'll take a water. I'll take a club soda, I'll take, you know. And right now, I'm in that what they call the pink cloud. Yeah. I am just got out. I'm feeling great, man. I've been running and biking, and, I, you know, I just feel good. I feel clear-headed, you know. And uh, we were invited to a, to a pool party, like, the day after I got out. And my wife was like, no, I don't think it's a good idea. She's like, because there's going to be drinking there. I'm like, no, this is the perfect time for me to go because I just got out. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. We ended up not going. But what I worry about is six, eight, six, yeah. eight, ten, twelve months down the road. Oh man, I've done this for a year. I got this licked. Yeah. It's okay if I just go once every month or two. And but me personally, um, I can't do that. And there's a lot of people that just can't. You know, you just you just can't do it. And it's very hard to admit. <laughs> I mean, it's very very hard to admit. So, uh, but I need to decide. You know, if I'm going to continue to put myself in those situations, almost as a test. I don't want to change who I am. I still want to do the things that I know that I'm good at. I just want to have the strength to be able to to just do it the way Ram needs to do it. Yeah. You know, not because somebody slid a shot over to me or somebody bought me a beer, or, you know, because that's this kind of stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just how it's going to be. And that's the other reason why I kind of kept things local is, you know, I want there to be a level of accountability. You know, I want there to be. I wanted to do it all right here. I want people to know I'm I'm okay with that. So if they see me down somewhere and I'm you know taking lines of shots you know at, at the bar, 
they're gonna be like, hey, didn't uh, yeah. you, didn't you just get out of rehab, you know? And, and I want to think about that. So I mean, hopefully that'll be a, a motivation for me to to continue down this path. Kind of creating accountability yep, for yourself. Absolutely, and and I've done that along the way, and I continue to do it every day. I kinda, You're doing it right now. I'm <laughs> absolutely doing it right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna do this on a, on a little podcast that I started the other day. I mean, I, I want to get this out. I do want to help people. I, I do realize that uh, while I was in rehab and the people that did come up and talk to me, they didn't know me from anything. Most of these people weren't, weren't even from Fort Smith. Yeah. I mean, they were from all over the place. And so they didn't know that I was Ram from the radio or Ram from this or that. They didn't know any of that. But they still felt some reason they were compelled to come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand why. And the things that they would ask me, it would be like, I would never ask anybody that. Because, I mean, basically we were strangers. Yeah. So I felt they, I gave off some sort of vibe of comfort <laughs> to these guys. So I'm, that's the reason I'm doing something like this is like maybe there's something there. Maybe there is something I can do. To, even like, you know, like you said earlier, if it's one person, one person listening to this right now, um, if it helps you, then this it did what we wanted it to do. Well, you'd mentioned your podcast. Tell yes. Jay and me about your, yes. your, you have two episodes. I do, yeah. I hit the ground running. Uh, it's a Ram Out Loud. Um, you know, it's just kind of an extension of me. At, at first, it started with, uh, I was just going to get on there and talk about all the things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sort of dried up. <laughs> about every other week, I'd get an email. First, well, first week, it would be postponed event. And then the next week, it would be that event's canceled, you yeah. know. so And I just, I would get one or two a week. And it was just like, it was really a drag. And I, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? So I just kind of opened it up to I want to bring I want to bring people on I want to talk about you know stuff with the city and stuff with the state and COVID and even even religion even politics you know and I and I've never been one to that I wanted to tackle religion and politics but I want to do Us it neither <laughs> I just want to do it in a collaborative way to where you know we're sitting around a table like this and I have you know I have half a group over there and half a group yeah. over here and I'm kind of the mediator. I just think there could be some good conversation to have. I'm just a man of many words, and uh, I just I like to talk, and uh, I just think that there's plenty of positive to talk about. Um, it doesn't have to be things to do related. So, you know, yesterday in my second podcast, I, I inserted a song that I wrote and produced, you know, back in 2001. You know, so I've got I've got a band out there called Trailer Parkinson. So I'm like, hey, this is this is a creative way to get some of my music out there. You know, I've got like 38 songs that I could put out there. So I'm like, man, that's 38 episodes. There we go. I've already got, I've already got 38 episodes. Uh, so really, there's no there's no formal. Uh, you know, schedule or formal uh, topics or anything like that. It's just kind of who I'm going to talk to today. Uh, I know uh, one of the city directors, Jared Rigo, wants to come on with me, and I've had a, li- a, li- a number of people that have emailed me saying, "Hey, I'd love to come on and yeah. talk." And I don't even care if it's about business. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So no, I think that's that's super cool, and I and I applaud you, man, for like you said, most people don't talk about politics, religion, specifically race nowadays, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I think those are conversations that we have to have as a community Definitely. in order to get better. So I appreciate you taking that on and, and adding that as a, you know, the opportunity for people to discuss. Definitely. Philip and I have talked probably a lot about it in the last month, I think. We have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been good. It's been good for Phil. Yep. Uh, it's been good for myself as well. So kind of like nice. it's kind of like a therapy. I mean, it, it, it absolutely yeah, is. It really yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're sitting around lamenting the state of the nation, which you likely are, yeah, then ask yourself, how many conversations have I had in the last month where I was in any way challenged in my own beliefs? And if the answer is zero, then I think we can all acknowledge we're part of the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. And uh, so being, being made uncomfortable uh, by people that I think have integrity and people that uh, have different life experiences than me 
is is useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always fun, right? But useful. Well, I think the trick for me right now is is you know when I want to tackle some of these topics, I have some really passionate friends. So I've got friends over here that's on that's on the left that are very passionate, <laughs> and I've got some friends over here on the right that are very passionate and. I don't know that putting them on the same platform necessarily is the best thing, you know. I don't. I mean, some of them get very passionate. I mean, they're 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 civil, but you know, it gets you. Sometimes at my house, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, let me get a microphone. Hang on, guys. So, um, so I'm a little bit nervous about that because you know I don't want it to. You know, I don't want. I certainly don't want any um, anger issues. And you know, when people hear it, I don't want you know because automatically when you say something, you lost fifty percent of your audience. I mean, that's kind of how it is. You know, it's 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 so split right now that it's. You know, it's it's uh, it's tricky to go into those topics. So that's true. That's true, man. But uh, man, thanks for sharing your your experience. I mean, absolutely. Uh, you're definitely a guy I've always looked up to in the community, man. And to hear your your story has impacted me specifically. Uh, and so I thank you for taking time and your willingness to be open with us and and our couple of listeners that are out here. <laughs> well, yep. it's normally on something like this, uh, you know, I would uh, or anything, any topic, I would just be very comfortable talking about. This was tough. I had yeah. to I had to sleep on this one for a while, and this is this is one of many. You know, this is this is one of many times that I want to be able to say this. You know, and I never wanted to come across as that that I'm fixed and I'm the poster child of rehab and do what I do and everything. Yeah, I, be I don't better. think I, I didn't get that. I mean, yeah. you you definitely have a, a strong sense of uh, vulnerability, uh, yeah. and, and and man, uh, you you feel that you're going through something that you're not not that you've gone through that you're mm-hmm. going through right. Because it's an ongoing process, man. So yeah, it's a life. It's a life. It's a yeah. life decision. It really is. I mean, that, and that's that's where it gets overwhelming when you think of it that way. That yeah. it's, it's this is a life thing, but it is, and it really is. And you know, and it's probably not going to get easier. It's going to get manageable. Yeah. But it probably never will be quote unquote easy. Yeah. You know. So, but I'm ready for the challenge. So that's I'm good I'm excited about uh, the the future ahead. And again, the whole clear headed thing. I thought I was clear-headed, but man, I'm telling you what, I, I am like, there's some days I'm firing on all cylinders, yeah. like in a good, in a great way, you know. Getting a job would be good right now. That, yeah. That's kind of what I'm focused on right there now. There you go. But. So if any of our listeners are looking for <laughs> yeah, definitely. a talented young man, this uh, we can we can put you in contact with someone. I won't be drinking on the job. I'm we, just saying. We got that covered. <laughs> well, Ram, thanks for coming on. Jay, any final words for our audience today? No. No. Uh, Really enjoyed our conversation today. So thanks again, Ram. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, everybody. That's uh, this week's edition of the 479 Podcast. See you. Bye. Later, guys. Thanks for listening to the 479 Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. And please give it a review. You can also follow us on Facebook. Until next time. Thank you.